Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Emprazone mahila kaos tapelna. Entran simika. Entran simika. Entran simi kaona simika. Ema, ema, ema entran simi. Ema entran simi. Simi kime kami simi kaora. Vaya ema kaos entran zadaya. Entraya. En, himiha. Elive helika. Elive helika. Elive hele 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 Alignment of heaven. I'm making you 
to align to heaven even more alignments in heaven more alignments in heaven elevating your state i'm elevating your state into alignment to bringing you into a heavenly order an order of the spirit an order where you will walk you will walk and your feet will not touch the ground your feet will no longer touch the ground your feet will no longer touch the ground you'll be elevated out of the pits of flesh out of the pits of flesh you come up out yes. of the fleece of yes. flesh you yes. come up here that you come to an elevated status where you walk above things yes. you walk Jesus. above things you walk above things natural you walk above things flesh you walk above flesh you yes. walk above above limitations you walk above things that have easily beset you in the past for this is an elevated state it's an elevated realm come into your elevation take your place stand in your lot stand in your lot hold on to your lot hold on to your place in the spirit hold on to your place in the spirit and experience the elevation of god see the spirit amen Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Komiyama. Ima to kom hai ima komi atakai ima kom. Ima kolin kom. Ima kol kom. Ima kai ima kimi komi am komi ana kom. And so come. Come, he may come. Hey, my come, 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 see, come. He may come. Ah, you may come. You may come. Come, he had to come. You, you, you had to come. He may come. Oh, my, he may come. He may come. He may come. Come, he had to come. Come, come, come. Shama. Keep coming, keep coming, coming, come, 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 come into kingdom, come into kingdom, for your kingdom also has come, for your kingdom has come, come into kingdom, for your kingdom has come, come into kingdom, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, come, come into this kingdom, keep beckoning you to come, beckoning you to come, come. Come to this, come to this place, come to this place, come up here, come up here. Your kingdom is here, your kingdom is here, your kingdom is here, your kingdom is here, your kingdom has arrived, your kingdom has come. For this is entrance, for this is entrance, this is entrance, this is entrance, entrance into kingdom, 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 kingdom. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Our Father, we exalt your name. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Father, for the grace that you've given us this morning to be before you, to be present with you. Say, be thou exalted. Our Father, we thank you. We thank you. Thank you, Father. We pray, Lord, as we go into the word this morning, that 
You will help our heart to align with your thought. You will help our heart to, to merge with yours, to connect with yours, to receive all that you have for us. Samaru Help us, Father, by your spirit. Help us to receive. To receive all. All that you have to give. All that you have to supply. Father, we ask, Jesus, that there will be help this morning. Thank you, our Father. Thank you. We give you all the praise. We give you all the praise, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Uh, I feel that uh, the message has been preached already uh, in, in worship and <coughs> in the prayers and uh, and the Lord speaking to us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. One thing that is certain is that one day we'll get to this mic thing well. Amen. We're almost there. We're almost there. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I thought my voice was very low, but apparently now it's loud. I don't know. But now it's good, eh? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I'm here was blessed to be here this morning. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And uh, I just want to welcome us this morning. And uh, thank each and every one of us for being here in getting the word out. Amen. Uh, you know if we are not gathered, uh, the word can't go out, can't come and go out. Uh, why am I saying that? Is because, you know, it's easy to look at numbers, right? And then from there, uh, it can be, we can begin to judge, judge what the Lord is doing by that, right? And of course, it can be something of discouragement, but not really. Uh, what's important here is if our heart, even if we are two, if our heart is one, we enjoy God, we enjoy the Spirit, if the Lord does not, you know, the words, we think maybe sometimes the Lord wants like 100 and 500. Not really. The Lord does not need 200. He just need one. Amen. Amen. Uh, although one is not enough because when I say one is not enough, I'm not saying, I mean, when you think about the global space, one is enough. I'm just saying one is not enough. When we are gathered here, we need at least two. Where two or three are gathered. That's what the scripture says. Yeah. You need at least two. So, when you have two, as long as it's two, you have, the, you have the required number, according to scripture. Right? You just need two. So where two or three are gathered. So it's not by number, right? It's by what the spirit and by what the Lord is doing. And what's important is just flowing in the spirit, enjoying the spirit, right? The Lord is awesome. The Lord is beautiful. Uh, the Lord has something for each and every one of us. Uh, by us gathering, the word can then go out. Amen. Even to some that may not be able to make it physically. Right? The work can go up. But as long as there is two, there is, that's, the, that's the spiritual requirement. Uh, it can be more. But as long as there's two, two or three, that's the, that's the requirement. A requirement for the Lord to be present. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
And the Lord has been merciful to us. The Lord has been faithful. And the Lord has been kind. The Lord has been uh, gracious. And the Lord uh, has been, I would say, both in, for, uh, because the Lord is not in and out of season. It's yeah. us that's. <laughs> so I say, both in and out of season, the Lord has been merciful and, and consistent. The Lord has been gracious. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, and, you know, sometimes when we are gathered here, most of the time, you know, because of the level of the word we are hearing from our parents, sometimes we might be tempted to go in that direction. But even here, as we are here, and what the Lord is saying to us, we can still be blessed. Amen. We can still receive a lot of blessing. Uh, amen. Even in, in things that seem simple. But simple is good because simple is for greater. Right? And also, they said it gives understanding to the simple. Amen. So, when we are simple at heart, right, that's where the simplicity is really, is in the heart. Amen. Because I know I don't want to confuse us with what I mentioned earlier. I think a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was the last week, that, uh, you know, God is complex, man. God is, God is not simple. So let's not confuse that aspect when I say it's simple. Uh-huh. So God is, God is not simple at all. But we, uh, we should have a simple heart towards the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, I believe that the Lord wants us, and, and uh, I'll say one of the things that is very clear in the spirit is that the Lord wants to uh, move us more and give, give us entrance into the spirit, uh, into his life more, a lot much more than we have. The, and what heaven has been doing, uh, when I look at it in the past few weeks, is that somehow they've been trying to paint the realities of of the spiritual, yes. right? Uh, they are trying to paint that reality for each and every one of us. Uh, why? Because they have to do that. Um, what happens is that when there is when when a soul is meant to move into a place where it should be, what heaven begins to do is that heaven begins to announce that place where they should be. Amen. And they have to announce it. And the reason for announcement is to make sure that men can gain entrance. Amen. Why? Because without the announcement, it's difficult for men to gain entrance. Announcement has to come first. It has to come first. Uh, the Lord himself did not, uh, if you look at pattern in scripture, the Lord himself did not take Israel out of Egypt without announcing to them first. Amen. He didn't just announce to them alone. He also announced to Pharaoh. Amen. Uh, the Lord can, could have easily just gone and take Israel, right? He said, you know what, my people go. If, if Egypt tries to kill you, don't worry, I'll deal with them. But the Lord didn't do that. He took them out of Egypt. But first, he went to Pharaoh. Pharaoh, let my people go. Now, it didn't end there. It now told them, uh, so that they may worship me. Amen. So there's a goal, is that Israel might worship God. Amen. So he announced to Pharaoh, he also announced to Israel, by the mouth of the fathers, and by the mouth of the fathers, I will say, because as at that time, uh, when you talk about the prophetic office, 
it's mostly the fathers that have those kind of arrangements in those days. When I say prophetic office, why? Because before, before Moses, I mean there has been prophet, it's clear. There are prophets in those days. There are all who they call seers. Amen. Uh, but one thing that is there is that they, they, they didn't account for them. Amen. They didn't account for them up until uh, Israel, right, moved out. Then we see Moses as a prophet, right, because the Lord began to speak to him. But he, those that the Lord began to speak to before then was really the fathers, like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. First with Abraham, because he gave the promise to Abraham, right? Abraham is a prophet, he's a father. Then he, he, he transferred the blessing, and by so speaking to Isaac, Isaac knowing the prophecy and knowing the blessing. Now, because it's, it's impossible for, uh, for Isaac to transfer the blessing without knowing it. So before he could give the blessing to, Jake, to, to Jacob, he must know the blessing, not just know it, he must carry the, the blessing. And you don't carry blessing anyhow, you carry the blessing prophetically. To carry blessings, you have to carry it in a prophetic way. It has to be carried in a prophetic way. You can't just carry, uh, especially when it has to do the blessing of God, it has to be a prophetic blessing. It has, why, is it, why, is, why is it prophetic? Uh, because it's flowing, right? It's prophetic because it's flowing from God himself, right? It's, it's a, let me not just say from God. Let me add the, the qualifying word. is from the life of God. That is where the prophecy is coming from. from and and when, when it comes for it, it has to come from the mouth of God, which is his word. That's a comfort, right? And then... The fathers received it, and they have to keep his word. What they are keeping is a prophecy. But the word that they are keeping, which is the prophecy, is a word. Is a word. Is a word that they are keeping called prophecy. No wonder Peter said we have a more sure word of prophecy. Now, clearly, a more sure word of prophecy is not just that my prophecy is more accurate than yours. You know, we have... We have we have, we, have, we have men these days that they are counting that kind of dimension where they, are, they like to explain that they have a more sure word of prophecy. And how do they do that is that when they are prophesying, then you have a commentator commenting, prophesied, Papa, prophesy. And <laughs> they are telling us that they have a more sure word of prophecy. Right, well, because the, 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 the arrangement is to make men believe that he's a prophet. And everything he says is accurate. Oh, your Papa has never met him before. And then Papa too will talk, have I seen you before? Have we met before? No. Okay. Did you tell me anything before? No. Okay. Your name is this. Your child is that. What's all that, what's all that drama for? What that movie? The, when you look at it, it's not all about God himself. What that means and what that is really saying is that I have a sure word of prophecy. God is speaking to me and I can prophesy and what I'm saying is true. That's just the arrangement. But undiscerning souls, right, especially gullible, undiscerning Christians, in short, the kind of Christians that those men get are Christians that are cold spiritually. When they can't pray themselves, they can read their Bible, 
when you check it, look at all the manner of people that follow such men. They don't read their Bible. They depend on the prophet for most of their things. When you ch check the life of most of them, they most likely don't have a, a relationship spiritually in this, with God, with the Holy Spirit. Now, what I'm saying is because I'm, I've seen, I'm seeing patterns. Especially there's, I, I know sometimes a while back I talked about a man that came into an uh, African store that, and I was just trying to buy bread and he began to talk about the curse of the black man. I'm like, ah, sorry, I don't, I don't get you. I mean, we, we don't have a curse. What are you talking about? Then, of course, he's, he's trying to talk about Ham, right? Because Ham, right? Ham, Shem, Ham, Japhet, right? Ham really is a black person out of all of them. But, but if you now check it, if he's black, where did the black gene come from? If it is from Noah, right? So means he's inside Noah too. So if Noah, so means inside Noah, you have all kinds of different colors of skin, not not inside. Inside has no color. <laughs> Amen. There's no color inside. The only color you see is on the outside, right? So clearly, whether it be color or white or gray or green or blue or brown, we have all kinds of color these days, right? Whether it's all of that, the summary is that they all have the same blood. Because if you check it, all of that must have been in Noah. Because all of them must have come from Noah. Amen. But uh, you see clearly here, right, that the man came and started saying that because of a black man, and then I was wondering, well, later when we started discussing, then I found out, began to talk about, uh, they have a prophet. Okay, you have a prophet? Okay. I would, okay. So if you have a prophet, we know, yes, we understand the place of a prophet, but you, what do you, do you, do you believe in the Holy Spirit? He said, no, that they can't have it. Only the prophet can have it. Then I know that something is wrong. Because if they don't believe they have the Holy Spirit, clearly they are not going to read their Bible. And from the discussion, clearly he does not read his Bible. And then ask questions. He'll be like, uh, okay, he's trying to figure out. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm not saying you should know Bible with mighty Bible. Just know. Simple. Oh, I'm a child of God. I'm born again. I have the Holy Spirit. Basic. Nothing. None of that. All of that was missing. And I know, okay. So that is why it's possible for you to believe in the prophet. Why? Because the, the, the prophetic... Because the Holy Spirit is also a prophetic spirit. You don't know the prophetic spirit. So how can... Then that's why you depend on the prophet. But that's not the other. Like Papa Egin said, that there were times in the days that all they depend on were the seers and prophet. But in the New Testament, there's been a change and order of things whereby men have access to God. And the reason for prophets and, and, uh, and uh, priests in those days is really, when you look at it really, the core of it is giving men access to God. That's what it is. So then you have men saying that they have a more sure word of, of prophecy, right? But not really. Uh, a sure more word of prophecy is not just by I prophesy Papa, I prophesy Papa. That's not what a sure word of prophecy is all about. Amen. You see, a sure more word of prophecy has to do, when you look at it really, apart from, from what Peter is saying, you know, I see that a, sure, a more sure word of prophecy has to do with life. It has to do with life. So when God gives Prophecy to the fathers is flowing out of his life. Because look at it really. When he's giving Abraham his word and he's saying, In blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply thy seed. That single promise is pregnant with things. Do you know that that single promise is what better what we are seeing today? 
Imagine Christians. So imagine the word of God is powerful, strong. In short, it is living. That's the word. What does it mean that it is living? It means that it can evolve. Over time, it can evolve. The word of God can evolve. Those are just different natures around the word of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm just, I'm speaking slowly. I don't want to, I don't want to digress, but I just want to flow too so that I don't, I don't want to be rushing too quickly and I don't want to be too slow. Amen. So I'm just trying to run the pace. Amen. So, but we see clearly here that uh, when Peter was saying that we have a more sure word of prophecy, he's not talking about just prophesying or the ability to prophesy. Amen. You know, there's a lot of things in scripture we don't know. It's a lot we don't know. Because if not because the Lord had mercy on our generation and we begin to see more into the life of God, we would have never thought that that scripture has anything to do outside men prophesying. For me, if I, read, I, I was just thinking about my sense maybe 10, 20 years ago, and if I read this scripture, what, what was going to come to my head? We have a more sure word of prophecy. The summary is either maybe you're able to prophesy and it's accurate, or summarizes that we have word of God, which is Bible. And the word of God, because of faith, is sure. In a way, it's true. But it's beyond, a lot much more beyond that. Amen. I'm tempted to read that scripture because of, I don't know, sometimes maybe when you land somewhere, then you're like, okay, if somebody hear this one, they'll be wondering, okay, but we need to see, for us to understand what Peter is saying, we need to see what he was saying before then. Amen. Amen. So let's go to the book of uh, First Peter. To be, uh, First Peter. I don't know, sometimes, most of the time, I like reading Bible before I start, but that's just me, right? But sometimes there's a way, <laughs> there's a way the Lord moves, right? So you think that, you know, okay, just read Bible and then go, and, and then you start from there, but not really, not necessarily. The Lord just speaks, amen. So First Peter, let's go to First Peter chapter, chapter 1. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I believe it's in chapter... Amen. So we have a more sure word of prophecy. Is that chapter 1 or chapter 2? Um, no, it's uh, Amen. Father, we thank you. Second Peter actually. 
I was wondering. I know it's chapter one. So it's Second Peter chapter one. Yes. Okay. And this, what uh, is it? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Verse nineteen. Say we have also <coughs> a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well, that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. Amen. Before then, in the first, in, you see that in the in that in that uh, Second Peter chapter one. <coughs> What started it is Peter really talking about <clears throat> a promise, an inheritance, right? In verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God unto, and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things <clears throat> that pertain unto life and godliness. Through, you see, he has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. You see that Peter was <coughs> intentional about what he's trying to say here. That it's about a life. That he has given us all things. God has given you and I all things pertaining to life and godliness through how did he give it. <coughs> you know, another sense here is that when mind read here and they begin to look at what it means for you to have life, all things pertaining to life and godliness. This is where new creation believers take things out of context and uh, is it extravagant grace that they bring, right? That is beyond the actual teaching of grace. Amen. Here it's saying that giving pertaining to life and godliness. And I say, how did he give it? Meaning that it's not just that you are born again. And all of a sudden, you have life and godliness. You have all. But in a way, you have it in your spirit. But it doesn't mean that you have it all. Why? Because the scripture tells us that the intention of God really is not to save you just in your spirit. But it says, I pray the God of peace sanctify you only, right? That your all spirit, soul, and body be blameless, meaning that the intent of God is actually save spirit, soul, body. But when we get born again, it's only the spirit that gets saved. The soul needs to be saved. How the soul is saved is through the giving of knowledge. Because the soul is raised by knowledge, by knowings. That's how living soul is raised. Living soul can live, how? Through knowledge. That's how it lives. Souls, <coughs> amen. Souls are knowledges. Souls are knowledges. That's what souls are. When you see a man, what you see is a knowledge. Amen. amen. Praise the Lord. It's like I have to figure out the standing one. Okay. Amen. Just for days like this. Amen. So Jesus. Jesus made it clear too that you having eternal life is about knowing someone. And this is eternal life. That ye might know him, the only true God. Right? And Jesus Christ whom he had 
sent. That this is eternal, that you might know. This is eternal life, that ye might know. You see that? He's no. And I say, he has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness through knowledge. It means that without knowledge, you don't actually have all things pertaining to life and godliness without knowledge. Amen. Amen. Without knowledge, it's impossible to actually gain access into life and godliness. And this knowledge is not a knowledge that you see everywhere. What I mean by that is that they don't teach it in schools. In short, they don't teach it in seminaries or Bible schools. They don't. This knowledge is taught by the Spirit. It's taught by the Spirit. That knowledge is essential. For the, the knowledge that the Spirit teaches, right, has to come by wisdom, which has to do with comparing spiritual with spiritual. That's what the book of Corinthians tells us, right? Tells us that we compare spiritual things with spiritual. The wisdom that the Holy Ghost teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Amen. So that's, that is, that in itself is an expression of the teaching of knowledge. Amen. Because there's a way knowledge comes. Knowledge doesn't just come by uh, sitting down, thinking about how you're going to buy a house, buy a car, pay your bills, right? And then trying to figure out how to do those things. Or thinking about your career and how you're just going to get your job done and excel in that. No man can do all these things. Without, without, without a hope. Let me put it that way. If men live every day, do what they are doing, and the hope in their heart does not end in a kind of joy in the spirit, they've not lived. They've not lived. If it ends in paying your bill, you've not lived, but you've paid your bill. You've not lived. If it ends in being, being able to save, to buy a house, buy a car, get married, you've not lived. In short, you can pack God and the pursuit of God's knowledge and begin to chase all those things, thinking that maybe later I'll come back to God. I'll, I'll, I'll get serious later. That's a lie. Do you know who gave you that idea? It's an evil spirit. Because it's a bargaining. Those are, the, those are the, the spirit that gives such ideas are the spirit that the scripture refers to as seducing spirit. So these are the things I have written concerning them that seduce you. Right. Seduction. For what? How do they seduce? It's very easy. See how a woman seduces a man. I don't know why it's always a woman seducing a man. How can man not? <laughs> I don't think men have the capability to seduce. <laughs> Maybe they do in movies, but in real life, I don't think that thing is given to men. Said so to you, it's given to know the mystery. To them, it's not. I don't think it's given to men to know how to seduce. 
And you see in scripture, they, they talk about that seducing spirit. Is, or you see that the, 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 the expression of the seducing spirit in the woman called Babylon. In the book of Revelation. Sitting upon the dragon, which has a wine. And has cursed kings to fall and commit fornication and adultery with her. You see, the scripture uses that. So now this is not to bastardize women. Right? It's just that there's something God put in them. What does that mean? That every woman has the ability to seduce their husband. Women should not be afraid of seducing their husband. It's part of the wine. It's part of the flow. But if you're not married, please don't think of seducing. Please, like, like, like you've heard me clearly, wife, husband, seduction. Please, don't, if you are not married, don't try. Don't even think it. Don't even go near it. If you go near it, you end up in sin. You end up in sin. So these are things really concerning them that seduce. Because a, sed, a seductress, I use the word because that's the way the scripture put it, is, is feminine. It's a doctress. They said the world is a, is, is a female. That's why Babylon is a woman upon the dragon. Because a woman said it has, it's given to the feminine nature to have the power of seduction. And the reason for the seduction is really is to commit, is when seduction is at work, is to cause men to lie with them. If the seduction is not for some kind of fellowship in, in lying with each other, it's not, it's not a seduction. Every seduction has an intent. It's to cause men to lie. With, a woman will seduce a man so that the man can lie with, with her. And you see why they will, the, the scripture will talk about the woman saying, he has caused the children of God to cause fornication and adultery, right? It's because they want, so the world, the world in all of its essence has the power, has the, has the wine of seduction to get men to lie. And what does it mean to lie with her? It means that to change side. When you, when, when, when you lie with the world, what you are doing is you are saying, God, bye-bye. In whatever aspect it is, it's, more like, it's, it's, it's in a sense speaking about friendship with the world. When, when a man lies with the world, he's having friendship with the world. And what that simply means is enmity against God. It means that that nature is an, is an enemy. Of a life in God, that nature. Imagine a man saying that, you know what, let me go and make some money and then I'll come back to God later. That is actually a statement of enmity with God. Wow. Thank God, uh, you're my enemy now. Wow. You're my enemy now. Let me go and deal with my things first. When I'm okay and settled, then I'll come to you. That's, a, that's an enmity statement. And it's part of what God wants to heal. Yes. Amen. Right? Because later, Mahalofernas all Mafaria. Right? Imagine, see this thing, I think, I don't know why. I'm, this area is essential. Why? Because there are many, many, many things men 
give as legitimate reasons why God can be in the background. But they don't know that that is an act of fornication. It's an act of adultery. Amen. Now, what does fornication really, really mean? You know, when I say fornication. Now, when you look, when you are looking at it, there is there is what the scripture referred to fornication. When Paul was addressing the Corinthians church, I believe, then he was telling them that see that no one defraud one another. Because when you are when a man is fornic- when a woman or a man is fornicating, it means that they are not married. But what that means is that they are defrauding their future man or woman. Because they are, stake, they are taking what belongs to another and giving it to someone else. It's an act. When fornication is committed, it's an act of defraud. Is is if anyone, sorry that I have to say this, sometimes, you know, I try to be, you know, you know me, I like to be calm. I like to be calm. But today I'm just not going to be calm with this statement. Anybody committing fornication is a, is a fraudster in the spirit. You know, sometimes we try to, you know, sorry, sorry, just that. You know, a lot of times we try to, we try to say it that, oh, you know what? And, and of course, we understand that God loves you and He's care for you. And I'm, I'm also, I, I, I sincerely bear with you too that the Lord loves you and He wants you to repent, and He's not going to throw you away. Yeah. But let's look at the act. You know, sometimes we try to tell you that, okay, you know, you don't know your identity. Yes, it's true. You don't know your identity. If you do, you won't do it. But also know this, that as long as you are doing it, you are a fraudster. If you don't like to be, if you don't like men being defrauded, you don't like it, you hate it. What you say for one night, you're like, ah, that's person is a fraudster. Ah, that's not good. Though. Okay. Then look even to the spirit. See that there's something called a fraudster in the spirit. It's, it's fornication. For one night. An adulterer or adult, adulteress, they are both, they are both fraudsters because they are defrauding their husband or wife. Because what belongs to them, they are taking it away. It's been, it's that the person that is missing, or the person that, the, 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 the other partner that being been defrauded, is being defrauded of what belongs to them. Because what belongs to them is the man or the woman. And then that is being taken. So it is it's a fornication. And then we now look at it with the eyes of the world and God. When we lie with the world, we're actually taking away what belongs to God. What, what is God's? And scripture tells us, scripture tells us that, don't you know that your body, spirit, and so, which are God's. I think it's in that same scripture of, uh, uh, that same scripture uh, concerning uh, adultery. Like, I think we should read it. Amen. Amen. Uh, 
This looks like it. So 1 Corinthians 6, right? And it says in verse... Amen. First Corinthians. If you have it, read it. I'm still trying to open it. Read from verse seven. Yes. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Meats for the belly, and the belly for, the, for meats. But God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. Mm-hmm. And God had both raised of the Lord, and will also raise up of us by his own power. Okay. Should I take the members of Christ and make the members of an allot? So you're seeing that it's talking, if you look at it earlier, it started talking about defrauding, then fornication and adultery, right? Let no one defraud another, then move down here, and then begin to say that, right? You have a member of a body. Your body is a member of a body. Should you make that one the member of an allot? Means that you are taking out of what belongs to the body of Christ, or what belongs to Christ, and you are joining with an allot. But let's read further. You see, no, you know that your bodies are the members of Christ. You see, the, I like the word that I use that join with an harlot. Right? Because this harlot is really Babylon. If you go to the book of Revelations, you see it there clearly where they began to explain that they are showing the, the allotry. I will say it. The allotos. That's, we are creating our own English. The the allot allot allotness being an allot that is an exclusive design of Babylon. He's the one that has that mystery. He knows how to lie. He knows how to lie with. It's not just this. This is this is this this is. Yeah, you, who is a master? What's the name? They give, give to a master allot that knows how to pimp out women. We still call them an allot, but that's who Babylon is. Babylon is a professional allot. It's a pimp. It's an allot pimp. Pimps. 
He knows how to pimps out spirit. All kinds of spirit for men to lie with. He is, you know, you know, you know, you know those, you know those, have, you've seen movies where you have the madame that has an empire of, of women. She may be sleeping with men, but she doesn't always do that. She, she has specific kinds. <laughs> she has specific kinds of men that she reserved that, okay, she dies with. But every other regular queer, queer man, she has her, her girls to pimp them out. They call her the madame. That's the world. So when all kinds of men are coming, she has, she has women for them, which are spirits that give ideas, that give thoughts to men and, and, and seduce men on different kinds of ideas. Amen. But let's read this further quickly. A lot, okay. Mm-hmm. You see, God, should I take the members of Christ and make them one with another? Although they are trying to talk about Christ and the world here. Because who are they comparing? It to? Okay, if they are saying member of Christ, should I not join with? Okay, so we are with Christ. Then who's the enemy? So the allot is the enemy. So you know, most of the time, you know, in scriptures, and in the old days, we don't know that these, these things. Say, allot, okay, what's the allot? We think that is all that. It's the world. So you can, because the enemy of Christ is the world. But that's not the only enemy of Christ. But the sole enemy of Christ is the world. That's the, the world. And this world thing, we don't, God will help us to define it. I know, I know, me, I know. We've heard the message, but when it comes to defining what the world is in Winnipeg, we've not really defined it well. Because I see the way, I, perhaps we're not there yet. Because one of the things that is essential here is that the Lord wants us to move into that, that spiritual, that spirit life, that one, is essential. Is essential. And then we'll talk about it before, I hope time, okay, 12.30, we still have time. We still have about an hour. See that, that, that spiritual life, all the kind of exploit you do in the spirit, don't take it for granted though. Essentially, key for prosperity in the spirit, which is what they're announcing. They have to announce it. That's part of where it's coming from. They have to announce where we should be first so we can land there. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, now let me not forget my thoughts, but let's be ret- we'll be retracing the thoughts back gradually because if we don't retrace it back, then we might get lost. Amen. But we see here, the defrauding aspect is talking about taking what belongs to someone else and giving it to another. So our body clearly belongs to Christ here. That's what you're saying. But then you can then join it with another. That's committing fornication or adultery. Because it is possible you are just in a relationship yet. You're not yet married. So it means that in both, in both stands, it's possible, whether you are single or married, to commit fornication. Because fornication and adultery is the same thing, just in different faces. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But thank God, thanks be to God that 
Once we are, when it's a real sense, when we are married to Christ, we have some kind of safety. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. When we are married to him, we have some kind of safety. But don't be too bold. Why? Because you see those virgins before the veil, before the bridegroom comes in, they were going to be married to him. Right? But we've learned now that even after, because before they married and after, so before they marry, right, that's before the veil, then they take them into the most holy. But we know that in the beginning there, there's a war to fight. Because that's where the pimp is sitting. And the pimp sitting is the real spirit that lies with men there. You understand? Like I was giving the explanation earlier that the pimp has other women that give to some kind of men. It's not men have class in our world. Depending on the kind of class of men, you know, that kind of madame, they like to lie with senators, powerful men. Sometimes they can give those some of they can give some of their women to those powerful men. To try and satisfy them a bit. But they have the key. They are the one that really, really lie with those men. Meaning that men have class. So as you are, when I say men have class, I want to remove it into the spirit. And our soul should identify that. That there are different classes of men in the spirit. Depending on how well we've grown, Satan can allow certain spirits to visit men. But when you have crossed the veil, and you're about to marry the man, which, or in a way, you're almost, you're pretty much married. Yeah. Satan will come to come and cause adultery. Yeah. Amen. And in, when you say adultery, that's, what, that's one thing we have to fight. Our, 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 we have to fight with all our heart to overcome so that we can be with God. Because the seduction won't end. Until, until, the Satan is still waiting. To seduce men. No, now it's not Satan that is seducing men. No, no every, every Christian just thinks, oh, we are fighting Satan. We are Satan for we are you are fighting with Satan. Satan that is chilling and eating biscuit. And as soon as I say we are fighting Satan, it's just, you know, watching movie, you know, I'm eating popcorn. <laughs> they think it's me. <laughs> they will think I'm the one that they are doing. It's not me. And then you, the, such souls will think they've defeated Satan. By the time they get to Satan, they don't have strength to walk. Because the strength of growth has to do with knowledge too. So you need to know what you are worrying with. Yeah. If you think your enemy is a quake robber and you are, your enemy is a military soldier, you will find the quake man thinking that's the enemy and then by the time you realize the soldier will just snipe you. Bah! You are gone. Meaning that preparation depends on how you war. If it's a quake thief, ordinary police can handle that. Terrorists. Police can't handle terrorists. They have to get specialized agents to undo that. They might cooperate with them, but they can't handle terrorists. They can't handle suicide bombers. Because they are mostly terrorists. Right? Terror, terror organizations arrange uh, suicide bombers. So those, those are different, different 
uh, levels of strength to war with spirit. There's police level. There is secret service level. There is military level. There are all kinds of levels. And you have the kind of, kind of weapons to fight with spirit. And it's like, the, it's like you, you, know, you know all this war that happens amongst nations? You know that it's just the play of spirit? You know all this thing that we watch like a movie now? Oh, you know how U.S. is you know, wondering about how, how uh, Iran is going to respond and how? You know that's all that thing is actually, do you know that that's actually spirit displaying? Because that's how spirit war in the spirit. You have intelligence against intelligence. Right? You have... Satan has his own intelligence working against God's own, trying to fight. Amen. You know, you have, and then you know the way different countries will have different kind of like Air Force, uh, uh, Air Force, Navy, uh, ground, what's the ground, uh, I forgot what they call them, the ground ones. Hey. No, no, mine is in the water. Uh, what's the ground one called? I forgot. Why am I forgetting? Yes, army, but there's also another name for them. I forget. Is it? But it's not. No navy. It's also with water. Navy seal. Soldiers. They're soldiers. Different kind of soldiers. You are foot soldiers. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. You are foot soldiers. Right. You have you have marines. You have navy. You have. You know those marines are, I think those ones are special, they can do land and water. Navy SEAL, so Navy is more, more, more likely water, right? Then Navy, is it more, I, I think Navy is, more, Navy is mostly water, just water. Then Navy SEALs are both, land and water, all round. Uh-huh. They seal them. <laughs> Navy with a SEAL. <laughs> Amen. You have Marine Corps. You have, uh, what's those fi- uh, flyers? Air Force, right? Those are all worrying. So, you know, you, you know, you take ground, you take water, you take air, want to make sure that everywhere is covered. That's how Satan fight. When you are on the ground, he has soldiers for you. When you move into the water, he has soldiers for you. When you move into the air, he has soldiers. You know, land and water is almost the same kind of terrain. Right? You have to leave land and water and then move into the air. Because our way to God is through the air. It's by ascension. It's by elevation. You have to be elevated up. So all this, you see all these things. You are worried with all kinds of soldiers. And the funny thing is that until you get through, you are not done fighting. But Christians, you know, maybe because they've, they've maybe you know sometimes when you leave the ground and you move into the air, you'll be like, ah, <laughs> we are now... A very awesome Christians. <laughs> we, 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 we fly in the air now. We don't walk on the ground. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. Who can touch us now? Then all of a sudden, you just hear, they are, falling, they are on the ground. You'll be wondering, oh Lord Jesus, what has happened to me? It's because we are not too careful. Let's see that take, let it that stand. Take heed. Like I, I was saying a few, it was a few days or uh, few, few days ago. I'm saying that I realized that. You know, when you do something spiritual, you say, ah, well, we'll conquer that one. You think that's it. Then you realize that, sorry, that's your life. There's no, there's no single time that you, you will be relaxed that you are done worrying. 
Because Satan has sold some kind of rest and promise. You know, those kind of vacation ideas that after you've walked, then go and rest. Then in vacation, you're not doing anything. Is the world that have that kind of system? God does not have that. The only place they call rest in God is when you are inside God. Until you are in him, you are not re- there's no rest for you and I. Sorry, I'm not saying it in a bad way that we go, eh, eh, oh, our life. No, it's a sweet journey to God because the Lord knows that it's going to be well all around. And then he made it adventurous. You don't even think you are worrying or you are not resting. Why? Because that's why they had to add the joy of the spirit to you. The joy of the spirit is your strength. When you don't have the joy of the spirit, it is easy to lose strength. It is easy to be weary. And there are things around joy of the spirit that every soul must have. The joy of the spirit, the joy of the spirit is yours. You have to understand it clearly. The joy of the spirit is your strength. It's the joy of the Lord. Not the joy of the spirit. That's what, it's the joy of the Lord is my strength. You need to know that Whenever you are weak, you feel like, ah, this, okay. What was your next move? Move into the spirit. Enter into joy. There are things designed around joy. There is things that the Lord has said clearly that once you move into it, you have joy. And that's why the Lord made it our lifeline. Because it's tied to your strength. So fellowship in the spirit, reading, praying, all those things, they are not just activities. We need to stop seeing them as activities or a formula. When we're thinking about those things as a formula, we don't actually get the true sense of what they are for. They're not activities. They're not formulas. They are the way we should be living. Praying in the spirit constantly on the streets while you're walking, where you are at work, is not, is not, is not a privilege. Is a thing you your life depends on it. Moving it, those are, you have to move, move, moving into the spirit. Your life depends on it. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't sow yourself into the spirit, you will not reap life. You won't. So they design it clearly that you must sow yourself into the spirit. You don't sow the flesh, so you can reap life. Right? When you sow, this is the secret. When you sow into the spirit, you can be born of the spirit. Because when, when a call does a call does not fall to the ground, he abides alone. What does that mean? Agriculture. When the seed falls into the ground, it would that, that seed is sown. But when it comes out, it's going to multiply. Right? Means that it's going to gain life. When you sow it, it gains life. It has to die first, then it will gain life. So when you are sowing your servant to the spirit, what you are looking, what you are saying to God is, God, give me life. Give me life. Give me life. That's what we are saying. Amen. So let me, let me move back a bit. I was talking about, you know, soldiers, the adulterous woman who have food soldiers and all that, right? So the, the, the alert who is Babylon is waiting that as you are overcoming all the women, that is sending around, that is, that is seducing. It's waiting, eh? Will you seduce me? Sorry, will you refuse me? 
when I seduce you. Right? Because Satan has a boast. You know the world has a boast? The world has a boast. Hmm? Because when I say the world and Satan, because Satan is the one that carried the woman. Right? Because the woman is a weapon for the dragon. The woman doesn't know that she's actually useless. The woman doesn't know that she's like just, just a weapon. But Satan hides behind her. Carries her. As a, the dragon carries the woman. Right? Red-colored beast carrying the woman. Satan is hiding. Then Satan is operating from there. Made her a, a, a garment. Scarlet. Right? Dragon too is scarlet, red. They are both red, red. But one is redder. <laughs> the dragon is redder. Amen? But the world doesn't know that she's just a weapon. What's the, the weapon is to cast a stumbling block to limit men. After the world has finished its use, Satan actually threw the world away. That's what happened in the book of Revelations. After she has, fin- she has exhausted her use, they just took her and threw her away. They made her bare, a skeleton. That's what the scripture says there. They made her bare. It means at that time, all her use is gone. Then the real guy, the dragon, begin to show face. So the world is just a weapon. So after you've overcome, overcome, overcome all the spirit that Satan is sending, then after a while, you still have a spirit to fight. It's called Satan, Satan. You have to war with that one. So like I was saying, Satan is watching movies. Everybody fighting, fighting, thinking they are fighting him. No, it's not me they are fighting. No. Although they are fighting my system. There's going to come a day that men will fight with Satan. Satan does not fight with many people at the same time. That's why he has armies. Such that if you can escape the army. You know, because the army, you know, there's a, there's a, web, there's a mastery of, of fight. Whereby you have an army, right? And then in that army, you can s- stop men coming towards a direction. So, for example, uh, in those days, there's a way they were. Maybe you are besieging a city, they can go to stop you. Then you see soldiers coming, then you have soldiers stopping them from coming to your fortress. As long as they stop them, They've protected the fortress. So Satan knows that you're going to God. Then he is standing as an hindra along the way. So he will send forces along so that as you are worrying and worrying, you'll be weary before you get. By the time you get to him, not knowing that all things work together for good, instead of you getting, the more you overcome spirit, the more strengthened you are. He does not know that. They might try to get to Satan there, but, but, but don't, don't let your strength de- deceive you. You need another strength there. You need, you need the Lord as your strength. You need, the, you need everlasting strength at that time to fight Satan. Amen. So you see all these things that Satan is doing, you just, you just uh, when they come, they will fight me. So by the time men get to Satan, right, it's actually few men, Right? There, there has been a lot of men coming, then they were hindered, then so that they can be 
coming one by one through the Lord so that he can be attending to them one by one. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me go quickly for that. So, as I was saying, when... Okay, let's read, let's read, let's read that First uh, Corinthians 4. Now let's read it so that I'll get to the point and then I'll quickly draw a step back. Yes, please read it further. Because I was just explaining the aspect of the allot, right? Just describing who the allot is and how, you know, our warring with the allot. But let's read further. We don't take our body which belongs to Christ and join with an allot. We don't come into fornication with it. Oh yeah, let's read it. Sorry, uh, I think you should use the mic. Verse 16. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? Yes. For two saith he shall be one, one flesh. You see, for two saith he shall be one flesh. Meaning that when you take what belongs to God and you take it away, you are becoming the enemy of God. And you are joining yourself with an allot. That is defrauding the Lord. Amen. But let's read it further. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. Okay? Flee fornication. Say flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication. He that committed fornication. Sineth against his own body. Sineth against his own body. Now, anyone that commits fornication here is not just those that sleep physically alone. You know, in this day and age, most men think that as long as they do not sleep with somebody, I've not committed fornication. But you have men masturbating. You have men playing with teens. Amen. Amen. Like watching porn. Right? Which eventually leads to other things like that. What men don't know is that they are playing with dead. Right? Those kind of things. Right? Is, is, is have, almost have the same kind of effect on men. Right? Yes, sir. Because masturbation is also an act of sex. Yeah. It's an act of lying, too. Yeah. Because what happens after that will happen during masturbation as well. Yeah. Amen. So, so it's not just, you know, me sleeping, oh, because it's self-adultery. We should include all of those things, too. We should include them. It's the same act. Defrauding. Because the pleasure that all those things has to do with some kind of pleasure. But that pleasure is, the, the, the way defrauding does not happen. Right? When, because the defrauding, when it comes to lying one with another, the way defrauding does not happen, is that the woman gives the man pleasure. The man gives the woman pleasure. That's how it's meant to be. If that is not happening, defrauding is taking place. If the woman is driving pleasure by herself, without the husband, there's, defraud, it's been, there's defrauding is taking place. Amen. 
Because there's a pleasure that belongs to the man. The same way, the same way here, there's a pleasure that belongs to God. We can be giving it to another, to Satan. Yeah? And things like, I just ran into this idea, is men saying that, let me go and serve God first. Sorry, let me go and serve myself. Let me serve myself, then I'll serve God. Let me take care of myself first, then I'll give myself to God. I give all of myself to God. It is same, it's the same idea that lies to us when we wake up in the morning and we think, okay, no, let me quickly attend to work, then later in the evening I'll call. Then you realize that by the time evening comes, you are gone. Yeah. Why? Because you, all your strength has gone to another. Yeah. And that's the thing that happens with defrauding. If you have a woman or a man that lies with another and then tries to come back to the real owner, all the strength is gone. All the strength is gone. Even if it's not a physical person, it's possible that the man or the woman can be giving themselves to other things. Yeah. Right? That by the time the woman comes honey, or the man comes honey, all the strength is gone. This is not to make married people feel guilty. I'm just, it's just a sense I'm trying to teach spiritually. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. But it also gives us some wisdom around around these things too, yeah. right? That, and, and here's the secret here is that as long as men are living from the spirit, living in the world, one thing about the, the word of the spirit is that it does, not, it does not drain your energy, rather it strengthens you. But that doesn't mean that if you exert yourself physically, you won't be tired because you can be tired physically because you are exerted. Right, you've, you've, maybe you labored, you did some laboring, heavy labor, right? Like doing, sometimes you may not even do many things, just thinking can be labor men. Especially when you are thinking outside grace. When you are using all your strength to think, you will be tired. You'll be wondering, why am I tired? Check it, you've been thinking. That's why thought has the ability to make men sick. When men are thinking and are worried, you can give sickness. Why? Because somehow you, see, you, are still, you are still using up the strength in the body. You know, the strength in the body, it boils down to nutrients. When you go and do something physically, apart from the fact that your muscle has been stretched, the body in itself can feel weak because you deplete the energy, the nutrient in the body. That's why you, can, you feel hungry too. So you now realize that Apart from physical labor, there's a way you actually use up strength in your body. New, all the nutrient. And when you use it up, the body will start signaling to you. You need more nutrient in your blood. Then you can be feeling hungry. It just means that the nutrient that the body can use is depleting. Amen. So we should not use up our seven years. We should not use a hand. We should not, we should not defraud God. That's just the summary of what I'm saying. We shouldn't defraud God. And I was, see that thought of I would go and serve God. I said I would go and make money or do this, do that. Then I will come to God. It's a seducing spirit that is bringing that thought. It, it sounds smart, right? Because it sounds, sometimes it sounds like it's going to be quick. It's going to be quick. I'm not going to spend too much time. But no. All of a sudden, one thing will be leading to another. The project is never ending. 
I will just do this quickly. It won't end. It's one thing to another, one thing to another, one thing to another. And then all of a sudden, before you look back, 10 years has gone. What have I done with my life when it comes to God? Now I realize that all men have been acquiring are just things. Things that when you go into the spirit, it meaneth nothing. By the time heaven is weighing you, you are lighter than what's that word that the scripture uses? Both lighter than what? Is it feather? I think it sounds feather. There's a scripture that says, when thou art weighed, then thou art found lighter. Now, I think it's feather. Is it feather? Or leaf? Lighter than vanity. Hmm. Hmm. Lighter than vanity. Imagine men being lighter than vanity. Imagine men being lighter than nothing. Eh? Men can be lighter than nothing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I, don't, I can't believe I've spoken for a while. Amen. Men can be lighter than nothing. Praise the Lord. So when heart says that I will go, I will go, what they have just, what they have just done is they've just defrauded the law. A seducing spirit has just come and spoken to them, right? To com- for them to commit fornication. Why? To defraud the Lord. That's what I'm trying to explain. When seducing spirit speaks to men, right? He's speaking to them so that they can defraud the Lord and lie with, with her. Amen. So these are the things written concerning them that seduce you. Right? And, and funny enough, this thing I'm saying is, an, is pretty much an answer to, to what I was, I was trying to say earlier, really. It's an answer. There's an answer to those that seduce you and I. Is that you must be taught by the Spirit. Right? This is everything concerning them that seduce you. That... What, what, what has he written concerning them that seduce? First John chapter 2. We'll read it. Verse 20. 26. 6, yes. 1 John 2, 26. These things have I written unto you concerning them that, that seduce you. Which are spirit. The, 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 sedu- the seducing spirit is what seduces. Okay? But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. Yes. And ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things and is truth. Yes. And is no lie. Even as it had taught you, ye shall abide in him. Mm. You see, the answer to them that seduce is the anointing. Amen. Right? Which you have received of him about in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and his truth and is no lie. Even as he had taught you, you shall abide in him. So the answer to seducing spirit is the anointing. Meaning that whenever you, you are, are you are 
anointed. What do I mean? You are in fellowship. You are to be, to be anointed, right, is to receive portion of spirit. Amen. Because when I say to be say you're anointed, means how do they anoint? They take oil. They take part of it, and then they pour. You're anointed now, go. That's what they call anointing. Right? So anointing means receiving portions of spirit. How do you receive portions of spirit? It's by moving into the spirit. Right? Well, let me put it this way. Living in the spirit. You can receive portions of spirit. Because there are things around living in the spirit that will give you spirit. Receiving spirit, receiving spirit as is, is, is tied to few, well, not to say few, it's tied to two things. Prayer, word, and everything, and every activity around those two. Amen. If you want to be anointed, it's very easy. Start reading your Bible. It's very easy. You want to be anointed? Now, I'm not saying, you know, this uh, being anointed, most people think it's just about going, you're anointed as a preacher, you're anointed to, uh, to heal the sick. No, that's what I'm talking about now. That's different. That's another kind. That's another, that's another allocation, right? Different, right? But what I'm talking about as a believer, being anointed is receiving spirit. You have to be anointed. Because, and then the anointing, what it does is it teaches you. Meaning that when the spirit is cutting out of itself and giving to you, it's giving you knowledge too. Right? Because a teacher teaches knowledge. Right? And like I was saying earlier, right, that it takes knowledge to receive life. Amen. Because it says that he has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. Amen. So we are back to that now. Giving us all things pertaining to life and godliness. is through, how? It's through the knowledge of I've removed from Peter. We should leave our hand. Second Peter chapter 1. Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus. Our Lord. Amen. I want this thing used to, maybe it doesn't confuse men, but now it stands out when I read it. Right? Say, through the knowledge of God and. It's not a mistake. They are not repeating themselves. There's a way the scripture put it there. Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus. He is still God as God as Jesus. But there are two different knowledge realms. So there's a reason why scripture does not just separate things without reason. And it's not confusing because many people take this to assume that Jesus is not God. He's just somebody God sent. Jesus is God. But when they begin to talk, you have to see where, where the scripture is coming from. Say through the knowledge. So they are not talking about God in knowledge faces. Through the knowledge 
of God, so there's a knowledge of God, and there's a knowledge of Jesus. There are two different knowledges. That there has, there has to be thought in the spirit. Those are the two things they anoint men with through knowledge. When they anoint, when I say you are anointed, what, what do I mean to be anointed? It's to, receive, to have Christ. Sorry, to have portions of spirit. Let me put it that way. The anointed one is Christ. That's what the anointed one is Christ. It means he has been anointed. What that means is that he has finished receiving all of the spirit. So he is anointed. Right? He has received all. They told us that Jesus is, 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 the Spirit was given to him without measure. He's full of grace and truth. He's full of spirit. He's anointed. That's why he can anoint. Because they are taken out of his anointing to anoint you. So Jesus can anoint. He can take portion of him and give. Amen. So the anointing, the first, all the anointing does is it teaches. The spirit is also the anointing. Amen. The spirit is the anointing. Because Jesus had to advocate for us. Say, I will go, but I will pray the Father. Now, when they pray, say the comforter shall come. That comforter is a portion of them that they gave. Right? Because they told us that the spirit is the earnest of the promise until the redemption of the purchased possession. Amen. But let me not, uh, but this one is a, a little bit, a little bit technical. When I say technical, it's not that technical. It's just, I'm just trying to explain something concerning the anointing. Right, means the anointing is the given or portion of them, which is the spirit. Right, there's the anointing. The anointing is the spirit, which who is a teacher that teaches. It doesn't. The anointing does not teach how to get money. The anointing does not teach how to marry the right person. You no, know, people wonder. What do you mean? Does the Holy Spirit not lead me? Yeah, it does. But that's not what he's teaching. The Holy Spirit teaches the Father. It teaches God through the knowledge of God and of that's what the anointing teaches. He's a teacher because knowing God, knowing Jesus is the answer to the world. What else will save you from the world? Is it knowing how to marry? Can knowing how to marry save you from the hand of evil spirit that raise generations, that set up dominions on the earth? Like I was saying, you know, you know all this and we think they're just, no, no, they're not nonsense. See the king of Tyra and king of Tyros. The king of Tyra, prince of Tyra, Tyros, Tyra, right? The king and the priest. We realize that the king and the priest is actually a man and the spirit. The spirit is upon the man. So when you see, you see kingdoms here that is not established by God, or do you think, sorry, I'm in Canada I'm from Nigeria. But the question is, do you think the Nigerian government has established the, the, the arrangement is God has set it up? No, it's not. It's men. Now, I'm, now I'm not saying that 
perhaps they may not, those, some of those that set things up, they may, they may not have done it out of good intention. The thing about these things is that Satan knows how to hijack things. For example, I know that the founding fathers, right, especially in the U.S. here, they had a, they, 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 there's a kind of mind that they have, right? But if you look at it, they are all playing into the play of things spiritually, right? He's talking about the, really, he's talking about the breaking down of the strength of men. A good thing happened, though, when you have U.S. came out of, of U.K., right? U.S. actually came out of U.K. It came out, meaning that they are, when that happened, what happened, one of the things that happened is that they returned rights to men, meaning that what belongs to God no man should be the sole decider of such things. Now, for example, your commitment to God, nobody should take it. Right? Your pursuit of happiness. Right? Your freedom. It means that, for example, now, when you look at that thing, is the way the soul is. When you are related with every soul, if you try to ride their right, the soul will rebel. It's the way God has designed, the way God has designed soul is that it cannot be forced. That's design. God does not even force it. God bargains with it. God does not force souls. God bargains. Okay, come. Let us reason together. That's the manner of God that approaches the soul. Even though he has all the power to tell it, die, rise. No. He will tell it, okay, come. Let's reason. Right? Even Satan does not buy. He knows that. Yes. He, he probably have tried it. It didn't work. Yes. I'm sure he has tried it. Yeah. That's why sin lieth at the door. <laughs> Maybe he tried to budge. Ah! Okay. Let me lay at the door. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he has tried it because he didn't create the living soul. He does not have the wisdom of the living soul. All he knows is I have set thee so. So, because that's how he was created. So, he doesn't have the wisdom of the living. So, all he knows is that in my own realm, once we switch like this, that's the end. There's no, like him, he, he, he merchandised himself, finished, and then, oh, let's, let's go. He's dead. He doesn't know that after he merchandised to the soul, you know, merchandising. Eh? I like merchandising. You know what I say? I'm like, merchandise, you know, all these sales. Sorry for salespeople that sell. Sorry. But, but in front <laughs> Okay, let me know. Let me, let me, let me not bastardize salespeople. Let me, let, me re, let me refrain from what I'm <laughs> about to say. You know, funny enough, one thing me I know. Sorry for people. Sorry, I just, I just switched to. Sorry. One thing me I know is that I can never do sales. If they give me as a job, I will never do it. There's something about sales, especially the way the world runs it, that if you're not careful as a child of God, you will sin being a salesperson. Why? Because there are pools that, because what sale, the wisdom of sales in this world is really this. Get men to buy this at all cost. That's what sales is. So you have sales pitch. 
sales pitch, okay, you know you can do this, you know you can write, okay, 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 uh, I have this thing to sell to you. How much do you want to buy? Okay, I want to sell it for $500. Ah, I cannot buy it to, you know, you know, you know, sale, the sale is not just, okay, I'm trying to sell to you, the sale is the wisdom they teach yes. on how to get people to buy. Okay, so the answer, okay, you, you can buy it at 500 Okay, how much do you want to buy it? Take buy it. You know, there's a there's a guy that was trying to sell. They were saying, this, "How do you sell?" Okay, you know what? Sometimes you think maybe you. I was watching a video. Say you think you just sell at a certain price you want. Okay, yeah, but sales means that you know you, you just you are willing to bargain with the with the person. So how much do you want to pay for it? The person says it. Then he said, "Take it." But it, that take it is only if it does not cut their profit. So that's that of sale method does not work. If profit is going to be missing. Yeah. Or it only works if you are doing sales in such a way that it's a promo, one person, not too many. You can be willing to sell below price for one person because it's not going to cut too much because others will pay for it. So sales, right, they'll tell you, get them to buy at all costs. So, so they'll say, move into, reach into their compassion. Is it compassion? The, the emotional aspect. That's what they, they teach that a lot. That's one reason why I can't do sales. It's going to be difficult for me. But it's possible to do it. Yeah. But you also have to work around the, 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 the boundaries of righteousness. Yeah. But, and that one, when it comes to that, is also with the soul. You don't force soul to buy what they don't want to buy. Yes, sir. You bargain with them to buy what they want to buy. And in bargaining, you must not use the wisdom of Satan. You must not use Satan's wisdom. Because he lies in wait to deceive. No Satan will, Satan does not tell, you know, in sales, they will tell you, buy it, they won't tell you everything, finish. Say, so, okay, you know, you know, you can just, you know, for example, like Satan told Adam and Eve, so you will be like God. Is it not true? Yeah. But are they like God? I, the summary is, is, the answer to that question is very simple. Are we like God now? See men killing each other, one, saying, ah, no, okay, I'm ready for me to kill you. You know, Amas and Israel, they want to wipe out this. I don't know what, I don't know why somebody would just be obsessed with killing the whole generation. That's Satan. It's an obsession. Part of their heart is that they want to, that they want to obliterate Israel. And then you have the world. Funny, I don't that thing, psychology is so funny. You have the world shouting, oh, they are killing innocent. Okay, but they're also killing innocent Israelis. It's both sides, it's not just one. And, and, and here's the funny part. Here's the funny part. The person that started the war is the, is the one that, the, 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 the person that they are killing is the one that started the war. But no, it's like everybody forgot about that aspect. That people were living and funny enough, they were in a, a festival. Gunmen came out and started shooting. So it's like this. So Amas can come. You know, men, the world is so funny. So they can come, kill people because they are not many. Get away with it. And then Israel should just cry. Oh, they kill our people. Okay, oh, bye. Thank you, Amas, for killing all of us. I don't know how the word thing. It's just, it's just so funny. I don't, that thing, I, I, can't, I can't, every time I see it in the news that somebody is coming and shouting, if you see how they are, I'm like, okay, yes, I understand. It's a bad, very bad, terrible situation. But then you see where the story will end, the moral aspect of it is Israel is wrong. Ah. 
They are killing everybody. Okay. But you know they didn't start this war, right? And I don't hear a single thing about Hamas or the other group. I'm like, what's wrong with the men? What's wrong? Anyways, that's them. The summary is, <laughs> the summary is, as a sales, as a salesperson, you must be willing. There must be refrain from, in, in, from. As long as they have all the right, everything in front of them, all the information. That's the best you can do. Which one do you want? Okay, this one, no problem. That's it. But in this world, if you're not a child of God, that's sales team. <laughs> in short, going to... Go, I, have, I, have, I, I was discussing with a few... Oh, sorry. Hey, Jesus. Sorry, Nastoria de Toko. I was discussing with a few uh, people, you know, when we were in the just some that worked in the bank, you know, and even here sometimes. And then the way they teach them in a the bank to sell, clearly, when you, when you two, you hear it, you know that Mm-mm. this thing has no care for the person they are selling to. It's all about greed. And most of the time, that's how sales are driven. It's through greed. Sales. <laughs> sales speech is through greed. But someone must learn to purify that aspect. Ah! Let's do what is clean here. What's clean? Have all the information. Clean. Okay, which one do you choose? No problem. As long as they choose it, no problem. But because maybe, because you want them to buy at a higher price. And then speak, 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 give it, give it. Okay, yeah, okay, no. okay, yeah, okay, yeah. That's Satan's seed. Right? Because that's how he sold to Adam and Eve. He didn't know that. Ah, this is my sales speech. I have to keep doing it. I can't do it once. He did it once. They ate the fruit. They died. But their body has not died. Their soul has not died. I mean, the way some death moved into it. But it is over time. Death passed upon all men. It was not immediately. But the one that was immediate was the spirit. Because that one, is, that one doesn't waste time. Quick. Pa, anything you do. Pa, quick. Pa, pa, fast. Born again. Quick. Salvation. Christ. Pa. Die too. He's dead. Yet the fruit. Dead. But that soul, that one, no. You have to, you have to talk to it. Preach to it. Seduce it. In short, that's why Satan... Out of, out of his, no, seduction came out of beauty. Out of his beauty and his wiles created seduction. His seduction is sales speech. Right? It's sales speech. How to go here, teach the children of Israel to commit fornication with idols. It's Satan's way. I don't know why I'm talking about sales speech today. I don't know. But seduction is sales speech. Every time men are trying to get men to buy things, right, and they are giving some kind of sale, it's seduction. They reach into men's lust. Because seduction, ah, let me know you go that route, okay. Seduction has to do with desire. So it's to seduce a man, you have to move into how to activate and get desires to awaken. If the desire is not there, awaken it. And they put fire in it. That was seduction does. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you see now clearly that 
when Adam sinned, it took time. Right? And then Satan tried, ah, will you die too? Just like I've died. I realized that, no, wait, he's not responding. No. Ah, okay. There's, a, there's another way to deal with man here. I have to lie at the door. Then lying, wait to deceive. Beginning to, you'll be talking, knocking, knocking. Nothing, Jesus, God too does not bad. You will come. Behold, I am at the door, knocking. You see that the soul has a door. Both God and Satan will have to stay at the door and knock. Bargain. But you know Satan doesn't always play to the rules. Sometimes you come through the window. Which is why we must be vigilant. And Satan is not, he doesn't always play by the rule. The rule is stay at the door. Bargain. But sometimes you will not go through the door. You try and come through the window. Any food, ah, let me just sell my life. What are they selling? Is their life. That's what they are selling. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Aha, so, like, uh, ah, time has gone. Time has gone. But I was talking about the anointing, right? The seducing spirit. And the answer to the seducing spirit is the anointing because it teaches the knowledge, right? The knowledge of God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, Peter clearly was telling us here that. So I'm going to be rounding up. I'm trying to, Peter, God will give me grace to round up quickly. So Peter is talking in 1 Peter chapter 1 here that he has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. Because how we escape, the reason, the reason why we have that, because I know the thought I was saying about that seducing spirit and the anointing, right, is that without knowledge, without the anointed teaching, we can't escape the world. You can't. Because how can you escape the world that is crafted by seducing spirit? Not just one. Different kinds of seducing wisdom. Some, they have baby wisdom seduction. Some, they have adult. Some, they have spirits. Not baby adult men, but let's move away from men. Now move into the world of spirit. They have wisdom of seduction. How can you escape such thing without the anointing? Or without the knowledge of God and of Jesus. It's only the knowledge of it's only through the knowledge of God and of Jesus. But now when I say God, I'm summing the two together. It's only the knowledge of God that can save a man from the world. Amen. Right? And it says that yes, but the sign, the sign, they're not saying that the sign that somebody has a life and is godly, right? Is that he has escaped the world. That's what they're saying here. Right? God will help us. We'll talk about the world whenever the Lord allows us to separate them. But what we can see from here, how the world works, because there are spirits in the world, right? And they say, when they work with men, they seduce them. Anybody in the world is constantly being seduced, preaching, talking, ideas, ways, life. How? You are walking just randomly on the street and you look at a house. All of a sudden, the house will seduce you. Are you sure you don't want me? Is it the house that is talking? No, the house is just a house sitting there sounding. Somebody built it. Right? But the house is talking. So maybe that is not the physical thing that talks. There are spirits that knows how to move. Speak to men. 
seducement. One of the major things about the world is that it is seductive. But it's spirits that do that. So while things can seduce, ideas can also seduce. What I mean by ideas? Ideas of a promise. Imagine when you have an idea. I'm going to, I'm going to quickly walk, save some money, get married, or buy a house, or buy a car, or what else do we save money for? All the things that we save money for. It's all majorly most of those things. Mammon. Mammon. Mammon is a problem. Mammoni. Mammon, like Pastor Cecil will say, say, don't know it. And it's true, you should not know it. Most of the teachings men are receiving today is to know, is to know greed. Is to know mammon. How do they make you know mammon? They put you in a situation whereby if you don't, if, if somehow you, you miss mammon, your body can begin to react in a certain way. Your soul can begin to react in a certain way. I need this thing. Somehow, somehow see something, start telling to you, you need it, you need it. You won't even know when you start moving towards it. That's the thing about seduction. Seduction does not make you, you are not, seduction is a spell. When you are being seduced, you are under a spell. Because it's, it's reaching to the desires of the heart. That's what it does. And the thing about desire is that desire is fire. And when fire is burning, <laughs> it's not easy to quench. But that desire is, and that burning is meant to be for the maker. That's what it is for. The burning is meant for the maker. Sorry, the thing I wanted to talk about, I didn't talk about it today. I guess it's what the Lord wants us to talk about today. Amen. In short, I didn't even get to the beginning of the message. Funny, funny enough. Right? Well, maybe, maybe this is what the Lord, maybe this is the message, and you never know. Right? But in my mind, when we started, there was a place I was going to. And I was just trying to explain to us that we have to move to, I mean, that's a real message, really, but we have to move into this. There's a reason, there's a reason why the Lord is talking about entrance, right? And trying to paint the picture of the spiritual to us. is to get us in there. Because before heaven will bring you into a promise, they have to announce it to you. And they're announcing it now. Part of announcing it is painting the picture of that world. Because you need that world. You need to be able to live there. As a child of God, see, all these things about learning about God and you know, his life won't make too much sense. If this aspect is, is foundational, if it's not sane, we will have troubles along the way. Why? Because it's easy to misappropriate things. There will be gaps. And if there are gaps, there will be misunderstanding in our understanding. And that will also a little bit limit our journey. A lot of things we worry about are not things we want to worry about spiritually. What I mean by worry is that there's an answer. And the way to the answer is sometimes it's just that we just don't know. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But the Lord wants us to live in the spirit. And I was going to explain, or sorry, I was, in my mind, I was hoping to just put emphasis on that living in the spirit. Because the scripture clearly ex explains, and I mentioned it, I think, during the, in the message, that there's two things you have to do in the spirit. Amen. Amen. There are two things. One is you must live in the spirit, and the other, you must walk in the spirit. It says, if we live in the spirit, let us also Walk in the spirit. Amen. 
But I couldn't get to it. But anyways, the, let, let's finish the aspect that you know, we looked at. So summary is that what the Lord wants us to be careful for is that we must be careful for the knowledge of him. Amen. Praise the Lord. So Peter tells us that, I didn't even get to that other part of Peter, but let me read it as I, as I try to round up. Amen. Praise the Lord. So it says here that Simon Peter as a servant, okay, says, through the knowledge of God and of Jesus, according as his divine power had given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory. So it is through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory. So it's clear our calling is to glory. And we don't get called to glory just the moment we are born again. Amen. But let me read further. Uh, I don't know, maybe because of time, the, the anointing is uh, going down small, small. It's like round up. Amen. Praise the Lord. Or maybe we are in a hurry to go home. So it says here that, uh, called us to glory and virtues, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, right? Ye might be partakers of the divine nature. You see now that what Peter is talking about here is life, right? Right? Div- divine nature has to do with life because nature, right, is the, you can't talk about nature without talking about life because your nature is how you are going to be living. Amen. So we say we can be partakers of the divine nature. So meaning that the promise somehow is leading to being able to live a divine life. A life that is of God. Amen. Now says, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. I think this is what I've explained uh, all this while I've been escaped. Saying that you need, you need the knowledge for one thing. To be able to escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. Most men think it's just for unbelievers. No, it's for believers too. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So let me quickly go back. I don't know when I'm rushing now. Sometimes I don't, but I think I should land. I should land this one, and then if, peradventure, we have grace to continue, we we'll continue. Uh, but the thing about next Saturday is that we are not meeting next Saturday, right? And this is our last meeting before anamnesis, and then we will have one. I think I believe we have one more meeting before um, the year ends, right? Because after anamnesis, we are going into prayer for SOS. And the prayer will be towards that. So I don't know what the Lord will have to say. So this one, we'll just finish it and then we'll take... But, but one thing that we have to see here, right, is this aspect of having a more sure word of prophecy that Peter is talking about. Really, he's really talking about life. He's not just talking about prophesying, prophesying, prophesying. Amen. And a prophecy... I'm too, I'm fast. Let me, I'm rushing. I'm slow down. Amen. So it says here, okay, to not, okay, let me go further. I said, in the world through law. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue. He said all of that, right? And then in verse, in verse 10, he said, wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Verse 11, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, 
Jesus Christ. So, abundant entrance. And all these things they are talking is to believers. So, right? So, wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting in by putting you in remember if only we're talking about remembrance you see that all these things we are talking we should settle it if we hear it tomorrow it should not be we should not be saying i oh, know we want to hear something new why because peter is saying here that i will be reminding you of these things so meaning that if all peter is doing is just telling them okay let me remind you when we hear things we've heard before is a reminder it's part of the war activity of the holy ghost because he also brings things to remembrance. So perhaps it's the Holy Ghost putting it in the heart to remind. So there are different operations of remembrance. Amen. But let me put it, go further. It says, knowing that surely I must put off this my tabernacle, even as your Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able, after my decease, to have the, these things always in remembrance. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we are eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have, now say, say this word, this the, and this voice which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Now says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. You see, they are saying, what he's saying here is, he has word, right, that came testifying about Jesus. There's another word that came when he was in the mount. They say we all we say those are words they've heard, right? But this word, what does it say? It was saying, "This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased." Hear him. That's the last one. They say we we also have. Say we have also a more sure word of prophecy. So even though they've heard that, they also have another more sure word of prophecy. But what's this word about? We've seen earlier that it's talk, it has been talking about inheriting a promise, talking about a life. And this prophecy is also about that. It says, Whereunto ye do well, that ye take it as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. This is talking about a, another. Sh- so there has been words of prophecy which has to do with lives. The testimony that came upon the mount is as a result of the life Jesus was living before he arrived at the mount. He was also living before that when they announced on, uh, when John baptized him and he was announced, a voice came and said, this is my beloved son. Hi. No time, so. Because this is like I'm just getting why I came to this verse. Amen. Amen. But time has gone. This is why we came here. But I feel we, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. 
That's what I wanted to explain. But what he said earlier is actually key to that. Because you now say, a more sure word of prophecy. That means that there's, there are words of prophecy. And the words of prophecy has nothing to do with the accuracy of a prophecy. About how you have money in your pocket, you have $10,000 in your pocket, or you have a gold in your pocket. It's not about that. He's saying that for he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. says, for he received from God the Father honor and glory. They are telling us that this is about a prophecy. Right? The Lord saying, this is my beloved son. You know, I'm well pleased. It's a prophecy. Then when they were with him on the holy mount, another voice came saying, say, we heard it also at the mount, right? And that one says, this is my beloved son, whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him is another word of prophecy. He now said, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Then he began to explain that which, right? Whereunto, as a result of it, ye take heed as unto a light. A light has to do with knowledge. Because light comes when there is illumination. So you take it as unto a knowledge that shineth in a dark place. So this word of prophecy has to do with the word of God coming to you, right? To, to, trans, to move you, Right? Until, it, un, until the day dawn and the day star arises in your heart. So you see clearly here, right, that what Paul, sorry, what Peter was saying is about the prophecy of life. The, if, if, if this is my beloved son, the woman I'm well pleased is prophecy, right? Then the prophecy is tied to Jesus' life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Is that what? To Jesus' life. I'm trying to round up now. Honestly, I didn't get to where I'm going. But I think here is good too. Right? The prophecy starts to Jesus' life. Meaning that prophecy is tied to life. Amen. So when Jesus, sorry, when God gave the promise to Abraham, it was a prophecy because he heard God. What is the prophecy? Prophecy is hearing the mind of God. Yes, sir. So the mind of God towards Jesus is, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Yeah. It's a prophecy. Right? So when the Lord was saying to Ab- when God was saying to Abraham, when the Lord God was talking to Abraham, he said, in blessing I will bless thee. He's talking about a, something in the mind of God. He's not just saying I'm prophesying about cash and mansion. He's talking about something in the mind of God. It means that God has a God has, a, has an intention. So that's prophecy to him. So prophecy has to do with life. But when you talk about the intention of God, the mind of God, check it. What is the mind of God right from the beginning? Is that I will give man me. I will give myself to let us make man. That intention has not changed. So when he spoke to Abraham, he was, talking, he was trying to get, tell him about his life. So fathers, in those days, they hold words 
of prophecy. Right? As a result of their life too. They hold words of prophecy. And in holding it, they have an insight, some kind of knowledge of what the promise is about. But they don't know exactly how it's going to arrive. Because it's Jesus that made us realize that. Because Abraham, he said, Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. How did he see it? It's through the words of prophecy. That he saw, meaning that well, Abraham was receiving the promise, he was seeing Jesus living, walking, moving. Ah! So that on earth, the seed of God is going to arrive. He saw it. Right? He, had, he received the word. He had the word of prophecy, which, is for, which actually structured his life. Every time Abraham is living, he's living according to the promise. Is living according to the prophecy. Every child of God is meant to live a prophetic life. This is where I'm ending it. Every child of God is meant to live a prophetic life. Prophetic life is not meant just for prophets to prophesy. That's, prophets, prophets prophesy is not even a prophetic life. And that's why when we get born again, the first thing they introduce us to is the prophetic life. How? The wine you up with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Your first taste of prophecy is wine. Right? When you begin to interact with the Holy Ghost, fellowship with the Spirit, enjoy your, the comfort of the Spirit, you are, you, are, you are beginning to align with something that is pro- a life, a kind of life that is prophetic. It's not yet the original prophetic life, but it's a cut out. Or it's, it's an anointing from the prophetic life. If I can use that word. Why? Because it's a cut out. If it's an anointing from the prophetic life, so I'm, I'm talking too fast, sorry. If it is an anointing from the prophetic life, it means that it will carry things of prophecy. Right? So when you are praying in tongue, you are living a prophetic life. When you are reading your Bible, you are living a prophetic life. When your Bible throw you into the world of God, you are living a prophetic life. And that is how you should be living. You should be living prophetically. You should have a pro- There's one thing you must have. You must have a prophetic mind. Any child of God that doesn't have that kind of mind is going to be cheated of faith. And it's going to be cheated of life. It's not just to wind you up. See that prophetic sense is a kind of fire in your soul. It's to fire you up. Ah, have, you ever, have you ever been in a prophetic uh, meeting where they are prophesying and you don't, and the kind of joy that comes out of it does not, does not whine you? Mm-hmm. You can have such whining too in the spirit by enjoying the spirit. Amen. We've landed here too. Ah, thank God, it's good to be patient. I was rushing. Even though perhaps I've not even hit, the way it was, it's not where I'm landing, but we are still landing somewhere here. Amen. The summary of this is, see, what I was going to encourage us, really, is, see, don't just play with, with spiritual life, prophetic life. Don't play with it. When you are praying, you are living a prophetic life. A prophetic life is a life of faith, too. It's a simple example. You don't have money. You are trusting God for money. And then money arrives. Is that not prophetic? 
But most of us are waiting until they lay hands and prophesy and, and say, your, your wife will come in two days. Until that, does not, until that show, we don't believe the word. Amen. But that's not how it's meant to be. Believers are meant to live prophetically. Because that's how the fathers were living. Anything that has to do with you and God must be prophetic. Must be of faith. Must be of the... What does prophecy... When you talk about prophecy, there's a manner of prophecy. Is that you, you don't see... They might, they, they might say things to you, they might not even believe that it's going to happen. But it will happen. That is seeing the invincible. Prophecy, in a way, is seeing the invincible. When you are living by faith, faith is the hope or is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things that's prophecy. The evidence of things not seen. Why we look not at things that are seen, but the things which are not. When you are looking at things that you don't see, you are living prophetically. It's prophecy. And prophecy should not be strange to you. You must be prophetic. It's by prophecy. You must live by prophecy. Like you see, we hear in the book of Revelation, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. They are already announcing about it to you when we are born again. That's why the Holy Ghost, when he comes, he comes prophetically. Imagine you are speaking to a, a being you don't see. Is it not prophetic? All of a sudden, you are praying. All of a sudden, so, something dropped into your mind and you know this thing that dropped is not you. Yes. It's a spirit that brought it. Yes. It's not evil. It's the Holy One. Mm. Is that not prophetic? Oh, yes, sir. The prophetic life is what believers should live. They must, they must love it, enjoy it. The prophetic life that the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost brings, believers must love it. Enjoy it because in there is the strength of your life. What do I mean? Because in there is the joy of the Lord going to arrive to you. Which is your strength. Which is for to escape the corruption that is in this world through lust. Do you want to escape seducing spirit? How, is, how hard is, is it to, to escape a thought that sounds so logical and sweet? I'm just going to work for, five, for one year, gather some money, and return back to God. Is that not, is that not an awesome plan? According to men. It's an awesome plan. But it's a terrible plan in the spirit. Because that's just a death plan. Amen. Our desire to, this morning is that we will live prophetically. Amen. We will desire to continue to live prophetically. Amen. Like the fathers lived. Prophetically. Abraham. He passed it to Isaac. Then he passed it to Jacob. Then from Jacob, the prophetic life moved into Israel. It was, it was only Israel that was living prophetically in those days. Even though, you have, even though you have prophets, they did not many times announce them. All they were talking about were fathers. Because fathers are prophets too. And they are enough. Imagine the way they talk. Imagine the way they bless. Imagine when Isaac was trying to bless Jacob. Say, the smell of my son is like the field that the Lord has blessed. That's a prophetic language. How does he know the field that the Lord has blessed? How does the field that the Lord has blessed, how does he smell? Or do you think it's the smell like, you know, near our area here, there's one uh, mushroom factory. Once, I, I don't know, it's only winter that saves us from that smell. Because when cold, it's like cold freezes the, 
element of the smell and then we don't perceive it. But in summer, the particle moves freely. So it will travel all the way there. It's not near, it's far. But the, the wind will blow the particle and then we smell it. Ah, what's this? But that's not the kind of smell Abraham, sorry, Isaac was smelling. It means that in a way, somehow, he must have, if not very strong, some sense that Adam had to be able to perceive the voice of God walking in the garden. It's almost similar. I'm not saying it's exact, but it's almost similar. How can you smell the field that the Lord has blessed? That means that thing is spiritual. It's prophetic. It's, your soul can know it. Your soul can know a field that the Lord has blessed. Because your soul can know a field. It can know blessing. So your soul can identify a field that the Lord has blessed. Amen. Are we blessed today? I pray that the Lord will give us strength to live prophetically. To move more into the spirit. To engage the spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. When you love the spirit, you will love the fire. Because if you live in the spirit, you will be flamed. In short, to live, the summary is to live in the spirit, you must be attending to your fire. You can't live in the spirit if you are not praying. Most of the reason, a few things I've identified is that most of the reason why we make some mistakes is because we're not praying. And I'll explain why. It's because when you are praying, do you know that you pray for things you you have no clue about? Do you know that when you are praying in the spirit, you actually pray about how you think throughout the whole day? When you pray in the spirit, you know sometimes when you are praying in the spirit, you feel like nothing is happening. I sound so dry. Pray. Pray. Because sometimes you might just be trying to break through. And once you break through, do you know what will happen? Things in the spirit will start coming easily. That's a sign you are in the spirit. You think more, you think more seamlessly about things. It's because there has been breakthrough in the spirit. If you know how much of war is going on on every believer, not to think right. If you know, if you know the amount of war, evil spirit, trying to poo-poo, pee, all kinds of things. See, they don't care or they fart. Yes, because any weapon is a weapon in the spirit. Kiss, slap, pee, slap. Jump, anything. Evil spirit, do it. Why? Because they want to stop you from living in the spirit. And the thing about living in the spirit is that you are praying, you think it's going to be about your career. You just realize that you just find yourself gravitating towards God. Your thought is about God. But live in the spirit. Love the prophetic life. And Lord, we bless you. Let's just begin to thank God for today. Father, we thank you. Marana Thank you, Father. Can we pray for grace to live, to love and desire the prophetic life? 
much more than, than we... See, all... Like we are praying today that we want to always love the fire, the wine. Like, like, hey, the secret is, is living in the spirit. Can we pray that the Lord will give strength to desire... And living in the spirit is prophetic. Living in the spirit is prophetic. Can we pray that the Lord will give us grace to desire... The, that we will find strength to live prophetically by the spirit. Embrata, 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 ebrake heleva haranosh, embrake kahamata. Thank you, Father. Give you all the praise. For in Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Father, we thank you for your mercy today. We thank you for your word. We say we are exalted, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray that as many as desire to live prophetically, that the anointing for the prophetic life you will release in the name of Jesus. They are anointed to live in the spirit prophetically, to love the prophetic movement of the spirit by the word, by prayer. The Lord, you supply anointed grace to pray, grace to read our Bible, grace to live spiritually, to throw ourselves and sow ourselves into the spirit. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. We give you all the praise. For in Jesus' precious name, we are praying. Shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim. Shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim. Shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim. Shine forth.